This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and I'm sharing a little bit about us in episode number 111. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, it's Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. This week, I wanted to share a little bit about our family's journey because I mentioned it on a previous podcast and some of you indicated that you would like to get that story. So I just thought that I would share it. Um, Our family is, I guess, not what you would call a traditional family. Uh, So our story is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit unique. And I guess I'll start with me. I grew up in a pretty average family, Um, mom, dad, two kids, and I was a pretty good student in school. You know, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed learning most of the time. Um, I also loved baby dolls. You might have heard this before, as you've heard me talk about my interest in pregnancy and birth, but I loved baby dolls. I loved a lot of other things too, like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog and Sylvanian families and roller hockey, but I really loved baby dolls. In fact, I played with baby dolls up into high school. Uh, Not openly, of course, but when I was at home, I still had my little dolls arranged uh, in their doll beds and things. Even up until the 10th grade, I can remember one time we were going down to another family's house, and I I guess that I wanted to carry one of my dolls along, and my mom said something about thinking I was too old for that, so I didn't take the baby, though now I find it interesting when you look at reborn baby dolls, which sometimes grown women carry those around, and I know some people think they're creepy, but... Um, except the ones that are meant to look creepy, which are creepy, but I think that the ones that are meant to just look sweet and realistic are really sweet, which might be an extension of that love of baby dolls. But anyways, uh, it was also in high school when I got really interested in pregnancy, birth, baby. I read all the baby magazines I could get my hands on. I had like a subscription to American Baby. Isn't that horrible? Anyways, because the magazine itself, not necessarily that I had a subscription, but Anyways, I was just, you know, I was fascinated with everything baby, and I found a copy of Mothering Magazine, which is unfortunately no longer in print, though you can still check out mothering.com for their website, but Mothering Magazine is no longer in print, which is too bad, and it covered a lot about alternative parenting, you know, stuff that was, some some of it I agreed with it, some of it I didn't, but... There was an episode, or an episode, an issue that talked about home birth, and that really rocked my world. Um, just the thought that you could have babies somewhere other than the hospital, and obviously there was a lot about breastfeeding, a lot about natural parenting. It was just, it was a world shaker for me. It really opened my eyes, and I looked forward. I think it came out every other month, so I looked forward to being able to go to the bookstore and page through those issues every other month, and I had that one fateful issue. I don't think I have it anymore, but I had that issue, and it was just, you know, it changed my world, and at right now, like when I look back on it, I have to ask myself, Kristen, when you found that, why did you not decide then that you wanted to be a midwife? I have to like, I wish I could go back and, and point out to my young self, you know what, you could be a midwife, uh, because it was not too long later, you know, two or three years later when I found myself in the position of, whoa, I need to have a baby. And I found a midwife not not too far away from me. And why couldn't I have found her a few years earlier and gotten interest in, 
interested in birth work then. Um, so, but you know, that's not the way that it happened. But for any of you who might be young ladies listening, if you think you might have an interest in pregnancy and birth one day, then why not find a midwife now and see if you can start learning. One of the, um, actually the senior student in the practice that I'm working with right now, she's she's very young and she actually has a friend who's 19 who just finished midwifery school, got her CPM credential and everything, which is just, I think that's fabulous. So even if you're young, if you're interested in pregnancy and babies, maybe you should consider if midwifery is a calling for you. But that's enough of a PSA for now. So anyways, I knew that I really wanted to have a family. Um, and I was actually in a steady relationship kind of by this age, um, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, definitely 11th and 12th grade. But anyways, I knew I wanted to have a family, but Everybody tells you that you need to go to college and you need to do this and that and the other. Uh, you have to do it in the right order. And so that's what I thought that I would do. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of went back and forth. And again, I considered uh, being a, learning how to be a daycare provider. Never a teacher, really. That didn't appeal to me. But a daycare provider, again, I don't know why midwifery just, I don't know why that didn't click. But I don't think I ever really even considered it until I started having babies with a midwife. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, I ultimately settled on technical theater, which might be something that y'all wouldn't have guessed, but I got very interested in technical theater in high school. I haven't done anything with the theater in a long time, but I loved technical theater, and it goes right along with, I love tech. I know that I've admitted that before. I'm a total tech geek, and it kind of went along those lines, and it also definitely, there's an art of design in technical theater, which I liked too, especially I enjoyed lighting, but I also enjoyed scenery, not so much costuming, but scenery and lighting. I really did enjoy those. Um, and actually it's kind of funny because my Cassidy, who's my oldest now, she's really interested in costuming. So that is, it's kind of an interesting thing. Anyways, so I went off to college majoring in technical theater. For those of you who are terribly curious, I went to the university of New Mexico, which was quite a far cry from home, and it's an interesting and sometimes rather sordid story on how I ended up there, which I will not go into, but I made some really bad choices. Um, going to UNM wasn't a bad choice, but the reasons why I decided to go there were kind of a crummy choice. Um, anyways, but UNM was a really good experience for me. It was a lovely experience, um, but then I flew my boyfriend out to spend spring break and around my birthday with me, and I ended up getting pregnant again, another series of poor choices on my part. But uh, at the end of the semester, I flew home and we got married. And I, I knew that I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, and those years, you know, we had Cassidy. She came along uh, in December when I should have been a sophomore in college, but instead was having a baby. And I, I just knew I really wanted to be with her. And I guess for whatever reason, you know, going back to college or trying to juggle that with a baby or finding childcare for her, I just, I didn't want to do that. Now today, I think it's easier today for a young woman who finds herself in that situation because there are so many courses that can be done online. Even if you're cons going to a brick and mortar school, you could probably do a semester or two of classes through your brick and mortar school completely online. 
And I think that's more feasible because then you could, it's it's hard. It's always hard to work with a baby, as I've talked about in other <laughs> podcasting episodes. And I consider being a full-time student work for sure. Um, but I think you could do it and then still be with your baby. That would allow you to be with your baby. And then once your baby was a year old, uh, a full-time student load is still generally generally less childcare needs than a full-time job. So I think for a young woman today, even where I was 15 years ago, it's a little bit easier to continue your education if you want to do that. But, you know, that's where I was. I just wanted to be with Cassidy. I wanted to be with her, and I wanted to be a wife, and I wanted to be a mom. But it was very much a struggle. Um, you know, Cassidy's dad, and also he's Asher and Brennan's dad, was, I think, you know, he was, he, he loved his kids, but I don't think he was really ready for that level of responsibility. And we ended up getting pregnant with Asher when Cassidy was 10 months old, which was pretty close. Um, Though I feel like I learned a lot and I've grown a lot through having my kids. Um, But it was still tough. And so they are only uh, right at 19 months apart. And then Brennan came along 24 months after Asher. Um, And he was, you know, Asher was kind of a fussy baby, but still... Very contemplative, quirky, definitely came to teach me a lot about myself. Sometimes I feel like I can't figure him out, but uh, he was a blessing. And then, but after having two babies who were kind of fussy and high needs, Brennan came along and he's just been pretty easy. Sometimes I think a little too easy for his own good. He doesn't get everything he needs sometimes because he's easygoing and then he lets it simmer until somebody realizes, whoa, we need to be with Brennan. But as a baby, he was just a joy and a delight. And that was when I really started thinking, okay, I want to do something with this passion for pregnancy and birth, which was only heightened by having babies. And, and I, I had Cassidy when I was 19 and Asher uh, just after I turned 21 and then Brennan right after I turned 23. So I was a pretty young mom and I wanted to do something. At, at that time, finances were also super stressed. Their dad was basically from job to job. It wasn't a good situation for us. And I wanted to do something, which is why I started Natural Birth and Baby Care, because again, I wanted to be home with my little ones, but I also needed to help contribute to the family income. Ultimately, the stress of finances and the pressures of a family um, meant that that marriage fell apart. And so I was left with Cassidy, Asher, and Brennan, who were certainly joyful, but Again, I had started my website already, and between my website and, I will admit, food stamps, and a really wonderful landlord who charged a nice low rent for a very safe, secure, wonderful little house, uh, I was able to stay home with my kids, and that was what was really important to me. And we had, um, there was a lot of stress, like for me, and actually it makes me feel a little teary-eyed to think back on it. It was very stressful being a single parent, but there was a nice rhythm and routine to our days, which um, which is something you only get when it's, you know, you with young children. And that's one of the reasons why we're going to actually talk about in a future podcast episode some more about routines and rhythms and things kind of in the context of scheduling schooling because y'all want some more on homeschooling, but... I started learning the lessons that I'll teach on that podcast basically at that time. And there was, you know, there was a lot of other stuff going on. Like I said, Asher was quirky. We actually had some concerns that he was on the autism spectrum. I think that probably maybe he is. 
uh, even to this day, but we chose not to pursue a diagnosis. I did go through a complete evaluation, um, but I, I really worked hard to order our days a lot to help him succeed and to help us succeed. I did tons of research. The library was my favorite place to go even then and probably still is now, maybe the only eclipsed by going to births and midwifery conferences today. I still love the library, but um, those were some of the things that helped keep me going, actually, was compliments from the from the early intervention workers that I was doing a good job and everything. Just basically bolster, bolstered my self-confidence that I could do it. So then we have to ask, you know, where does Scott enter the picture? And this is a, this is a place that gets really interesting, too. Um, I always feel, I guess, a little like blushing when I talk about this to people or when people ask me how Scott and I met. So... Um, my brother and my friends played a played a video game, uh, which is a massively multiplayer online game or an MMORPG. Most of you are probably familiar with the name World of Warcraft. The game that we played is similar to that, but was not that game, which we played Final Fantasy Online or also known as Final Fantasy XI. At that time, it was the only online game. I think now uh, Final Fantasy XIV is also online. But Final Fantasy XI is what we played. I started playing when Asher was a baby, um, when all my, like, all that friend circle started playing, and it was something I could do to kind of hang out with other people, and so when Brennan, this was so, I had been playing for a while, um, and I guess I should give a little backstory. So in the game, and this, I sound so silly, I feel so embarrassed talking about this, but anyways, in the game, your character can choose to play different types of jobs, like different adventuring kinds of jobs. And one of those jobs is called a Beastmaster, which means that you could use, you know, creatures from the area around you to help you out in the game. And usually people formed parties, so groups of people, and they would go out and like do quests and missions and things in their parties. Well, Beastmasters were kind of unique because they could have the creatures from the area help them with things. So they didn't necessarily need a full party, which was nice for me because sometimes um, things were unpredictable. Even if I was playing in the evening, my kids might start crying or whatever and I would need to go. So it was, it was a, a good thing for me. Well, sometimes Beastmasters would pair off so that you had two players and then each one of them had a critter, and so you could do some things a little bit easier. Well, I was in a group, like a chat group within the game, for people who were all playing this Beastmaster job, and occasionally I would do something with another player. Well, there was this, this one particular character who happened to be in that group. And what happened was you can go, again, this is silly sounding, but in the game, you can go to different areas and kind of camp there and battle monsters and things to, to gain levels and all of that stuff. So I was going to go down to a particular camp. And when I got there, there was this guy there. And I wasn't going to take his camp because stealing somebody's camp is considered super rude in video game etiquette. And so I just like cast a, a little spell on him, a protect spell, which is a helpful spell to him, and then kept on going because I figured, okay, I'll find something else to do. Well, later on, he realized that we were in the same group, and he kept sending me messages asking, would I like to go play um, in a pair with him, which is called duoing? Would I like to go duo with him? And I was like, no, 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 no. And then finally, I think that he asked me enough times that I was like, okay, okay, well, the kids are asleep. I didn't say kids. He actually didn't know that I had kids because I was, you know, you're kind of private about stuff like that in a game. 
So we went and played and found out that we worked really well together. So we went to get experience and levels and do quests and things together. And I could kind of tell like right from the very beginning that he must be an older guy because even in a video game, you can usually tell the guys that are younger or at that time, like closer to my age, because they're super immature. Um, And you can usually tell, like you always assume that even a female character is really a guy playing the character uh, until you know otherwise. And so again, like it, it was, I could tell just by talking to him because we chatted like small talk kind of stuff. And that he must be an older guy, so more mature. But we didn't really know much about each other. So again, I had I had this group of friends, like real life friends, who all played the game together. And so we were going to go do a, a, an adventure at some point together. And um, and my brother was in that group. And I can't remember exactly what was said, but something was said, uh, and he said something about your kids or your family or something. And so immediately I got like a private message from Scott that asking about kids or family because we had never really talked about it. And it's funny now. It's so funny for me to think back on it because he's he also was, of course, forming impressions of me. And he had decided that I must be a librarian who had like six cats, a single librarian who had like six cats. But he did not picture that I was a young mother of three. So anyways, after that, we started talking, uh, you know, much more, much, much more openly with each other, like about our lives and everything. And eventually, um, you know, eventually we decided that we would like to meet. And we actually put it off a couple times, uh, our own reservations, reservations from parents, mostly mine. Um, And... But we, you know, we kept, we were connecting. We were really good friends. We had talked a lot, knew more about each other. And we decided to meet. So the kids and I met him. Um, and then we also met his mom on that same visit and, or same trip. And then he came and met my parents because we were in totally different places. He was in Michigan and I was in South Carolina. Uh, so we, you know, we kind of got together and we decided that, you know, this seemed good. This was good. We liked each other. We loved each other. He liked the kids. Um, I'm kind of compressing all of this because it was much longer and convoluted talking, lots and lots, hours and hours of talking. But basically, we ended up getting married uh, in early 2008. And... I really, 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 really wanted another baby by that point because Brennan had, you know, was a nice strapping toddler preschooler by that time, and I really wanted another baby. Scott had always wanted kids, had never had kids. Uh, he had been married once before, but um, they had never had kids. And so we immediately started trying and pretty much immediately got pregnant with Galen. And I feel like a lot more of of our life from that point has been more open to the public because I, you know, I kind of blogged through Galen's pregnancy. I was running natural birth and baby care during all of this time. So all of that was a bit more open. Um, But, you know, that's our story. And it continues a little bit because when Galen turned two, we decided that we wanted to have Scott do a step-parent adoption because at that point it was really clear uh, to us that, that that would be the best for the kids. And we consulted um, with various experts and 
it was decided that that was best for the kids. And I think that their dad, you know, I think he was sad, but he felt like that was also best for them. He, you know, he hadn't been able to do, okay, didn't really do any child support, no visitation, hardly called, that sort of thing. He really knew that Scott was, Scott was willing to step in and be daddy. And I always feel like it's important to tread lightly on that situation because I know that there are a lot of parents who co-parent very well. And uh, and there are a lot of dads who stay really involved or if the dad becomes uh, more of the primary parent after a divorce situation or in a situation where parents aren't married uh, and they're not living together where you know, the mom wants to be involved. So I think there are a lot of different situations and a lot of different families, but this is what really ultimately felt right for our family. And so we pursued a step parent adoption, and that was also a very long, involved, convoluted, somewhat nerve wracking process because they do home studies and all of that, just like they do with any adoption. Um, with a step-parent adoption, and the judge still has to decide that it's the right fit and everything. But ultimately, it went pretty smoothly, and we were very blessed to have that completed. Uh, And we had actually just found out pretty much that we were expecting honor at that time too, so that was happy. um, It was actually a really hard time for me, as I've shared before, honor early in honors pregnancy, I I struggled with a lot of depression. And even though the step-parent adoption was a really good thing, like I said, the whole process of just getting it done was pretty stressful. And so that might have played a little bit into that too. But again, it was a long wait, but it was worth it. And so I really... I was really happy to know that, you know, we were a family, an official family, I guess, so to speak. And so Scott's been dad. And I won't say that it's all been smooth sailing because parenting is never smooth sailing. (laughs) Maybe there is sometimes when it's smooth sailing, but there's always ups and downs. Parent-child relationships are always difficult. Um, It's always difficult to balance a marriage and parenting. But Overall, it's been pretty good. So we had Honor, and then obviously we had Corwin, and we had Corwin. We we actually ended up paying off uh, our house in town, and I would like to, I guess, thank Natural Birth and Baby Care for that because that helped us to pay off the house early, and we were able to get a house out in the country, which is where we are now, rural, which is a huge blessing except for the fact that our internet connection stinks. And if any of you podcast listeners happen to have connections in telecommunications that could make things happen to get me a better internet connection, well, feel free to send me an email. But otherwise, we're out here now. One of the reasons we wanted to come out here was because we really wanted more room for the kids to run. We were at a wonderful location in town, um, walking distance basically to everything, including the library. I loved that. And actually, Scott could walk to work at that time. I really loved that. But the yard was the size of a postage stamp, and we we had five kids by that point and had just found out that we were pregnant with number six, actually, while we were house hunting in the country. So, you know, we, we really needed to, we really needed to get somewhere else. So we found our house, and we came out here again for the kids to have more room to run, and we also wanted to do a little bit of hobby farming. We got chickens first. That first round of chickens went really well. We've not had as much luck with chickens since then, which is funny, but that those first chickens did really well, and then we decided to go ahead and get goats. Um, we got the goats when I actually the year that I found out I was pregnant with Sadie, so that would have been 2014. 
and we've had various 4-H animals. Our kids have gotten really involved in 4-H, which we really, really like. So that's a big definition of our family now is as a 4-H family, which is a kind of a livestock, crafts, public speaking, anything really, youth development club in the United States, for those of you that don't know, but um, a strong component in livestock and also uh, dog handling for some kids. And so that's, you know, that's kind of where we are now. That's how we got here. And uh, and we've got seven kiddos, a farm, a whole bunch of goats. They're hard to keep track of sometimes. And at various parts of the year, we have calves and lambs and other critters bunking in with us. I'm kind of hopeful that we can get a laying flock and overcome some of the challenges to the laying flock, a.k.a. foxes and hawks that there are out here and we have a nice livestock guardian dog a good mouser for a cat and it's just it's basically um, a lot of noise and I like to think a lot of fun sometimes I feel like we don't have everything figured out but we're getting there so that's a little bit about me and our family and our backstory and I know this was more like an autobiographical episode so I don't know that I have all that much that I can say as in follow-up to that, but some of y'all were interested, so I hope that you've enjoyed listening to it. Um, Excuse me, in the coming weeks we will be covering some things that are perhaps more on topic, like uh, we'll do do the episode on homeschool scheduling, Um, I've had a request to do an episode on fear and pregnancy, so we'll cover that, Uh, and some other fun topics coming up, so look forward to those. I'm also really hoping to launch the Just Ask Kristen podcast, maybe even by the time you're listening to this it will be launched, and if that's the case you'll hear about that via email. So make sure that you are signed up uh, to get emails. The quickest way to get signed up for that is to go to Trust Birth 101. That's TrustBirth101.com because that takes you right to a place where you can sign up for a little um, birth freebie and also get on the newsletter list. I've been sending out a daily tip most days of the week, which I think a lot of ladies are appreciating. So you'll get that too. You'll also know when I'm going to do live videos. It's actually the live videos that are being turned into the Just Ask Kristen podcast. But you'll get all those details and all that information. And I guess that's all I have today. So with that, I hope that you have a blessed week this week. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com visit www.birthbabylife.com.